Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physiomemes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. Welcome everyone to another episode of Gratitude. So for today's episode, we have another fellow PT student and a friend of ours, Morgan, on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited. We are so excited to have you. And we wanted to get a little insight into how you got into physical therapy and where you are right now. Yeah, so a little about me. I mostly got into PT because I grew up being a mega athlete. I grew up my whole life playing sports. And then really when I got into high school and then later into college, I really took to field hockey. And so that's the sport I played in college. I was on a Division three team, Messiah College, if anybody knows where that is in Pennsylvania. And so I really got into kind of, I guess, just general fitness from being an athlete. And so as like a side note to that, I just kind of really liked being around athletes and I really liked being around the human body. So my undergrad career was actually in athletic training where I worked with college athletes, the ones at Messiah, and then later even at like a nearby school. And the whole time, I think I was just kind of always set on PT. I shadowed it in high school, and I just really loved what it was about, getting people up and moving and using kind of movement as medicine. And so I think ever since I entered college, I've just always been the mindset of becoming a PT. And so it was never really a question of whether I wanted to do it or not. It was just kind of, I was going to go do it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was just going to do it. And so, yeah, here I am today, second year of PT school, chugging away. I love that. And for those of you listening who don't really know what athletic training undergrad entails, could you give them a little insight into how that's different? I know we have so many, you know, different people listening to this. A lot of them are XI, a lot of them are non-traditional. But for those who don't know, what would you say your undergrad was like? So if you're in PT school or you're in the hopes of getting into PT school, it's very similar in that a lot of my undergrad was spent learning about injury analysis and therapeutic exercise. So I took courses like injury assessment, which you could probably like in a PT curriculum match to a musculoskeletal class. I took therapeutic modalities, which is a basic in every PT curriculum. But what it also was a lot of was clinical experience. So like you would do in PT and getting a lot of shadowing hours and time in the clinic, I spent 
a lot of hours every semester in the athletic training room, specifically the one like my own universities. So I spent time treating players. I had my own like team. So I was under certain head athletic trainers and I was just their student. And then the last year is really you going off to a different program, a different school. And if you're an athletic training student and you're not in a sport, you always do football. But because I played field hockey, I did lacrosse in the spring because you have to get a collision sport. So just being an athletic training student with a collision sport is just a lot more of well, football especially, it's on-field assessments and everything and preparing games. And it's really getting to look at what it's like to be right in a, like the moment of an injury, if there is one. But for me, it was a lot, lacrosse isn't as collision heavy. So I was just more of doing the before game work and then after. And then, of course, any helping players get back to any, helping players rehab any injuries at the head so they could get back out on the field so very similar to PT but with a lot more focus on kind of that prevention side and I think that's so cool about athletic trainers is you know you have so many hours so much hands-on experience a lot of classes that relate you know almost I don't I don't know if I should say they're the same but they're pretty darn close yeah. to the classes you're taking in PT school like you said like therapeutic exercise and modalities and that kind of stuff so it's a great undergrad if you guys are interested in that yeah. kind of thing and maybe you don't know if you want to go PT yeah I would recommend that I always recommended it to people coming in like maybe your first year of college like going like long haul like they want to be physical therapists it was the first thing I recommended because you get that kind of general assessment and evaluation so early on and now it's making such a large difference in my understanding of how to assess patients and even in like our musculoskeletal class like I have such a ground like base of how to assess joints and how to just look at injuries and really do those special tests because I did them so much early on in my career. Yeah, that's so awesome. And that's great though, that you did have that background experience. And did you take a gap year between undergrad and PT school? I did not. Okay, so you went straight through. Yeah, so that okay. definitely, I've had a conversation with a few different people about that. I think I definitely felt as my first year was ending that burnout, I definitely felt that because my undergraduate ended in May. I had that summer off and then I started right away in August. I definitely felt everything kind of catch up to me. And so if I had to go back and do it, I probably would have taken a gap year, but I was very much in the mindset, I don't want a gap year because I don't want the chance of not going back. But for those people who are really motivated to go to PT school, regardless of the time spent, I would definitely recommend that gap year just to kind of get your feet on the ground, really establish like maybe what sort of clinician you want to be, what you're really interested in to before you go to school, just because it can be a lot going straight out, straight after. Definitely. And we hear that all the time. Burnout, whether you go straight from undergrad to PT yeah. school or not, it's a little bit intense to say the least, and it can be a challenge. And I think it's great like that even if you didn't have one, 
because now you're finishing a little bit earlier, all of those things. But what was that transition like for you? I would say, at least in my program, as most programs, anatomy was like that first class. And now I'm watching like the first years of my program go through it. And it's like bringing back all those memories. Like it's not as much an issue of do you know how to study or not? It's kind of can you handle this amount, like this volume of work in the time that you're given. So that was definitely adjustment because when I was an undergrad, whether I was I was a busy person in undergrad, I'll say that, because I was doing athletic training, so I had to get those hours. I was a student athlete, and I didn't mention this earlier, but I actually transferred after my first year, so I was always playing catch-up in my courses. So I was usually taking a full semester. So I was busy, and I had a job on top of that. But transitioning to grad school, it's more just like my, I just had to make my studying habits so much more efficient and really understand my time management and so I would say that was the biggest adjustment just kind of being like okay you have anatomy class three times a week you're getting two hours of lecture maybe three times a week now you need to really go home and like study that efficiently and so it took me probably a little bit to get used to but I will say it's kind of and I don't know if this is helpful, but it's kind of like trial by fire. You just kind of figure it out along the way. It's different, but if you're motivated and this is something you want, you figure it out. Yeah, trial by fire. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And it is so true because honestly, you really do. You have your own, you know, way you study and when you study best, whether that's in the morning, after class but you really just have to experiment and some stuff, a lot of stuff's not going to work. Some stuff will work. And so, oh yeah, first semester and really like the first year, it, it was like that because all your classes are different. You know, you're taking anatomy, but that's not going to be the same as, you know, studying for another class, but you really just have to do that. Once you figure out your rhythm and your routine, then it makes it a lot easier and you don't have to necessarily do trial by fire. I would hope <laughs> at least by the second year because you have a better idea. Like we all have a better idea of how we study and we have so, we know so much more information than we did this time last year. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I actually was talking to somebody about that today because we have this big assessment in our neuro rehab class next week. It's kind of like this big group project. And we were like saying all these words and somebody and one of my group members like looked at me and was like, can you believe the language we're speaking in? Like if a first year overheard us, they would just go running at how confused they were. But it's, it is crazy how much you just learn in that first year, not only in school, but also like just about yourself and like what you're really capable of doing in regards to like being a student and getting through your program. And getting through the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and for you, what were, so you were talking a little bit about stress management or like time management and study habits. And what were the big things that you changed to find success? Because you are doing so much more than, you know, being a student, like you're, you're yeah. putting out tons of content for people. So what works for you? So I find that when I have really long days, like my eight to five days, 
that when I get home, I'm usually just like this blob, not able to do much, like just exhausted. So I have shifted. And what I did in undergrad was I usually had class maybe three hours a day. If I had practice back when I was playing, like I would always maybe do work like late into the night, like maybe until 11. And that was fine. But for me, doing work past 10 now is that just does not happen unless it's like this like Hail Mary absolutely need to night before the test or something. I shifted a lot in doing more on the weekends because I'm so much more refreshed when I'm just not in class all day. And I also really prioritize those half days that I have. So every, there was at least one day in all four of my semesters now where I've had a half day or a shortened day. And those are the days where it's, you know, that you have to catch up with reviewing your notes or making a study guide or something. Those are the days that I capitalize on. And I definitely have just kind of shifted into spending my time as best as possible. And those long days, kind of just understanding that there's not much I'm going to get done. Maybe it's a short assignment, but I'm not going to go home and like study everything after an eight to five day. And that was actually very hard to, to kind of understand because when you get into grad school, you're like, it's grad school. I need to study this every day, all day, if I want to get by. And that's, I have to say, is just not really the case. You usually know a lot more than you think because even if you're in class all day, you really do take in a lot of information in class. And so sometimes the worst thing to do is go home and force yourself to study. Sometimes it's just like you need to just go home and relax and kind of like let your brain shut off. And then tomorrow, maybe when you don't have as much, you can really capitalize on studying and catching up on everything. You could not be more right on that. <laughs> and oh my gosh, that is so true. Like I've honestly, for me personally, I now understand that about myself because I would say during the first and second semester, I was forcing myself to study after, you know, getting out at four, you know, I would eat and just relax, but then I would spend at least another two to three hours and I would just dread it. I'm like, I have to do it. I don't necessarily like want to do it. Some days were, were better than others, but that's so true because if you know yourself and you need a break, like you have to take it, especially if you've done that and it's worked and you still like passed your exam that you had without all of the additional studying, that's a big lesson students have to learn and even going through it personally. And so for me right now, I'm in a condensed seven week semester. And so really utilizing those half days. I mean, I'm only in day three of the semester, but really like understanding that some days are going to be long and I don't have to get everything, you know, done because I will have other, other time and on the weekends is like the best <laughs> catching up. Yeah, that's the biggest difference for me. I never, never did work on Saturdays in undergrad. That was, I think maybe once in my four years, did I do something on a Saturday, but now it's like Saturdays are like, okay, like you have all this time. Like I look at it, I'm like, wow, like I have 11 to eight, like that's so much time. And in undergrad, I would have been like, no, maybe 11 to 12, like if, <laughs> if at the most. So that's definitely just the biggest shift is switching more to studying on the weekends rather than during the week. 
I think that'll be really helpful for students. And the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing is they got to figure out what works for them. Whether, you know, if you're working, are you working during PT school right now? No, I'm not. I've thought about it, but at this point, I'm really only in my didactic for another year. And so, and then I'm kind of moving all over for clinic. So it just hasn't really worked out where I'm working. So. But you are doing so much and putting out so much content for people. So if you want to talk a little bit about your channel and what kind of inspired that originally grinding through grad school. Yeah. Yeah. What started that? So it actually started from a conversation with my sister. So my sister is also a PT. I guess they grow from the same tree. And so we were kind of just talking about before, before I started school and she was giving me like advice or something. And she was like, oh, like you should definitely just start this. Like that would have been so helpful for me to see when I was going through school, like somebody else, like just talking about their struggles with school I was like, yeah, okay. So I gave it a shot and I did like it. I was able to connect with, I mean, a lot of people, both of you too. And so I really liked it, but I really felt like something was missing. And it wasn't until I think January of this year that I really started shifting more into what I'm personally very motivated by. And that's fitness and just living like a very health and wellness lifestyle. And so I've kind of shifted now more to using what I'm learning in school to apply to how can you be better in like the gym specifically with like learning more about like biomechanics like I'm very interested in applying that to what does that look like when you're working with people in the gym and so that's kind of just the path I've taken right now it's kind of just putting out what I what I feel people need one thing I when I started my fitness journey back in high school, Instagram was like this tiny little app. I'm pretty sure it was around back then. But I found that I was always very confused what to do. I was just this kind of person that would go into the gym and felt very lost. And what helped me so much in my journey was looking at videos of other people. And it's very much what had, where it's helped me get to where I am today, kind of just taking in what other people are saying. And now I'm much more looking at research, obviously, but, and so now I'm more trying to help those people that were the past me with putting up videos of workouts and tips from how to best do form, because I know that's an area I was always so insecure, but then also just like my daily life and the struggles that I think students go through, but also just everybody. And just, I think being vulnerable and sharing that helps you just connect to so many people and help them feel like they're not alone. So that's really where I'm at and my goal with that platform. I love that. And I know it's kind of transformed a little bit, but you know what? It's amazing to have you connect to so many people and so many people see that they're not alone and that, you know, there's so much out there. So just wanted to point that out. We love your content. Obviously, that's how we got connected. For those of you who don't know. <laughs> oh, we missed you at CSN last year. Are they I know, we're both there. It was right, it's honestly, it's funny. It was right down the street from me, but CSN was crazy. It was my first ever big conference, and it was just, it was way bigger than I ever expected it to be. It yeah, was, it was 15,000 people. I think it was 15, yeah, it was 
something like that, over 15,000. But, oh, man, it was a lot. Do you know if you're going to go again this year for Colorado? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not going to that. <laughs> way too far. And I know we'll get off the class, but just, like, to pay for that plane ticket. I mean, it would be great to see Colorado. But I was like, if that's, that's definitely something that I would do maybe in the future. Or if I were, like, to be on a research team that were to present but yeah, this, this year, I definitely won't make it out there. It was nice because it was right down the street. And that's why most of my class honestly went because it was right, right next to us. Yeah. And it's a great conference, but that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> um, for everyone listening who wants to know about, like, I think they're very curious about the athletic training and PT school. And what was a moment in athletic training during your hours that was like really memorable for you? And then if you've also had a moment during PT school that's really memorable for you? It's, it's hard to say because I was definitely, being an athlete, it was just a different experience. Like I wasn't ever as connected to teams because I was an athlete and I had so many other commitments. But I will say one of the most memorable things, one of my good friends was also an athletic training student and she was treating this wrestler and like couldn't understand. I think he had scapular pain. Couldn't understand what like what was going on. And like I think her her like head AT was like, okay, like just go to the literature and like look it up. She found like some study where laser had worked on patients with pain. I'm not even sure. And she used laser on him, which I've never, I never even had seen done before. Didn't even really know we had a laser machine and it like fixed his pain. And so that's kind of like a moment I always think about because now I'm in a program that emphasizes evidence-based practice and using the literature to support your practice. And that's always just like a, such a keystone moment. I was like, wow, like that is so cool that you could go and research and have it right there and then apply it and see it work. So that's a moment I often think about. As far as moments in PT school, well, the easiest ones that stand out are probably the ones where, and I think everybody in my class would say like the moments where you just kind of failed, like you just outright failed. And that for me was my first interventions practical. So foundations of interventions for its classes are different across every program. But for us, it's the class where you learn bed mobility, how to gait train. So with like crutches, walkers, any other assistive device, and then therapeutic exercise. So our very first practical was bed mobility and transfers. And I remember like it was at midterms or like it was our first big wave of test. It was the last last test that we had I was the last group to go so it's like four o'clock on like a, this random Wednesday and I and I went in and I was super nervous because you don't really understand what a practical is until you kind of get in there and you're like okay this is the case this is what you have to do you have 18 minutes go and I did everything and I felt really good and then I was sitting down and I was writing my reflection and it like occurred to me that I had broken like a safety precaution because I hadn't blocked my patient's knees and they were a very much of a fall risk. And I just remember like that whole 
night just being like, oh, this is the worst feeling. But then there was kind of like this like little voice in my head and it was like, okay, but now you're never going to forget to block a patient's knees again. And I remember talking to my, to my professor the next day and she was like, yeah, like that's, that's a great outlook. And then the redo, I did a late, like a week later and she came up to me later and she was like, you did so well. Like the way you talk to your patients was just so great. And I was so proud of you. And so that's a moment that I really think about and I'm like, okay, like I failed, but then I got to do so much better and I got to learn. And now that moment is like embroidered in my head where I'm never going to forget to break a safety precaution. I'm never going to forget to block somebody's knees. And so it's kind of those moments where you kind of fall flat on your face that really help you realize and help you just grow and become a better clinician person because you failed. So that's the moment that I think about. Yeah, that is a moment where I think a lot of students, myself included, can definitely relate. And if you fail a practical, know that you, like you said, it is a learning experience. You're going to be frustrated at first, like, you know, down on yourself and thinking, okay, why, like, what did I do? And especially if it's a safety thing and you realize after and write it in your reflection, you're like, okay, now I know I will never do this again. But Honestly, like retaking practicals, I think really helps because you get that feedback from your professor and you do so much better the second time, even though it's, you can only get like the highest grade. I know for my program, the highest grade we can get on a retake is an 80, but still it teaches you so much. And you know that, you know, practicals are meant to test your psychomotor skills, your, you know, your communication, like talking to the patient, but it just also is a self-reflection for you as well. And I, I think that's so important coming from retaking my very first practical of PT school, or sorry, my, it was a final practical for one of my um, classes first semester. It was similar as like a foundations class. And I was really nervous. I did not practice as much as I should. And I was measuring, I was like fumbling around, but I was measuring, I think it was either shoulder or elbow, it was something, but I just put the goni on the wrong side and it was just a mess. So I retook it and I was like, you know what? Now I know what to do next time. Like now it's just ingrained in your head. You're like, you'll never forget how to do that. And so you're like, that's good for the future. But in the moment you're like, this is the worst. Exactly. And so many students relate to what you guys just said, because I will be shocked if there's someone listening who makes it through PT school without failing something. Yeah. That's the point. You become the best clinician, best clinician from that. So just want to throw that out there. I appreciate that you guys pointed that out. I and mean, you told your stories a little bit. And I know we've already given a lot of advice for PT students, but what two big pieces of advice would you give for current PT students? First one would be to kind of let your ego go at the door. So when you enter PT school, you may think you know a lot and you might, especially if you're out a few years or you've been practicing, but you're going to learn so much more and you'll be so much better if you don't let your ego get in the way and think that you know 
X or the, you know, Z. In every case that I have said that, it has led me down a bad path. So definitely like letting that go and just being open to learning and being open to trying new things. And along with that, just not letting your grades dictate your life. That's probably, if somebody asks me that, that's usually my go-to answer because honestly, in undergrad, I was the person who cared about my GPA, cared about my grades. It was my number one priority. But now it's not as much about your grades. It's more, can you learn the information to be able to apply it to your future patients? And if you do, that's really what you need to, to go off of because you have so much to learn, you're not gonna be good at everything. And you can't expect to get 100% on everything. So don't let your grades be your life. They really don't matter. And then, yeah, drop your ego. And those kind of go hand in hand, but. But still, great advice. Everyone needed to hear that. I needed to hear that. I wish that somebody had told me that before I started PT school, because that would have saved me a lot of, like, frustration when you think you know everything, and then you realize, oh, wait, I don't know anything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now for people listening who want to get in touch with you, how can they reach out to you? Best place is probably Instagram. So my Instagram handle is just my name. So Morgan Basilio. You don't know how to spell it. I would just look at the, the caption or the description box, but that's probably the best. I always reply to my DMs. If you ever have a question about PT school, fitness, health, anything, I always love to help people. And my email is also attached to that, but Instagram is probably the best way to do it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I just want to thank you for the content that you put out there just because I was actually, I was going to look in my phone, but there was a post recently that you put and I commented on it and I was going to bring that up. And so just stuff like that, where it really helps me personally, especially with things that we're going through as students. So I just love that you're doing that and sharing the struggle, sharing the highs and because it's a roller coaster through PT school <laughs> and we, we have to lean on each other and know that we're all going through something similar and we're in this together. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, so thank you for coming on and we'll chat soon, even if it's not at CSM. You know what? DC is not that far. You're actually the almost exact halfway point between me and Gabby. Oh my gosh, yeah, because you're in North Carolina, Pennsylvania. Well, I am originally from PA, so. What? Oh, but other side, right? The eastern side? Yeah, like like central eastern, yeah. Because where you are is still far away from me. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm way closer to Ohio than I am to PA, like anywhere in PA. <laughs> but yes, we will chat soon in real life, I'm sure. And we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you guys so much. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.